The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis. Welcome to our Sunday show here from Target Field, just outside the Thompson Reuters Champions Club. As the Twins and the Diamondbacks are gearing up to play the final game of this three-game series, Weather permitting, of course, we hopefully will have a window to get this game in today. Twins are seeking a three-game sweep as they have played great baseball this weekend on this brief homestand. Our guest on our Sunday show today is Twins bench coach Jace Tinkler, who's been filling in uh, various times throughout the weekend on our pregame show, postgame show for manager Rocco Baldelli while he has been with his pregnant wife, Allie. So, Jace, uh, to begin with, thanks for all of your extended time throughout this weekend, and thanks for stopping by today. Oh, thanks for having me this morning. Always good to have you on board here, and the team has come home. It's a quick pit stop here at home, these two games so far, but so far so good. Really good baseball we've seen the Twins play this weekend. It's been really nice the last um, two nights. You know, we've, we've played well all around, the pitching, the hitting, the defense, the base running's been fun, and uh, what I think the last uh, two nights, we've had some really good energy at the ballpark. The uh, the crowd has been, you know, borderline electric, and it's been a fun atmosphere to play in. So uh, we want to keep that going, uh, certainly today and, and, and down the stretch. So the energy in the park, and I'm glad you, you brought that up, it has been noticed by, by the players and staff inside the dugout the last two days? 100%. I think I heard it from, you know, maybe seven or eight different players especially the first game in this series. A couple of them were talking. You know, obviously, the, the Duran entrance in the ninth and kind of gets everybody going. And, you know, Farmer mentioned something to me about, you know, just, uh, you know, coming in late in the game and, and uh, you know, just the heart beating fast. And he goes, if I ever lose that feeling, that nervousness, that excitement, he goes, I, I probably need to be done. Uh, but uh, quite a few of the guys did comment on, on uh, the atmosphere, and uh, like I said, it's I think it's something we're all looking forward to repeating um, the last you know month or two of the season. Twins at uh, four home runs last night, including a multi-homer game from Ryan Jeffers, second of his career. And I asked you about Jeffers a, a little bit on the show going back to Friday. Now we have more time to expand a bit more on what Ryan is doing. What steps has he taken to improve upon his game offensively? Let's start there with the offensive side of his game from what you saw even last year. I think he's got more ability to adjust. And what I mean with that is, you know, there'll be some days where, you know, he's feeling really good and uh, he'll have maybe a little uh, mini leg kick and bigger movements. And maybe we're facing somebody with really explosive, nasty stuff. You'll see him go no stride and shorten up. Uh, so I think his ability to adapt and to adjust and do what the game um, is asking you to do, I think he's starting to get to that point to be able to make those pitch-to-pitch in-game adjustments. If I would have told you that after 112 games that Ryan Jeffers would be leading Twins position players in wins above replacement, if I told you that in April, what would your response have been? I would have been a little bit surprised. And, <laughs> and, and just also based on in order to uh, accumulate war, um, 
uh, it's it's tough to do at the catching position just because those guys aren't playing as frequently or as often, um, you know, as some of the other players. So uh, I, w- I would be surprised, and uh, you know, but at the same time, I think it you know it obviously speaks to how well uh, RJ is playing defensively, base running, and certainly hitting. So is the scale viewed differently then, speaking of war, because I've always gone with, you know, be above a two. You know, be if you're a position player, be above a two. The higher you get, we're talking about all-star, MVP, et cetera. But for a catcher, do you, do you judge that differently? Yeah, most definitely. Okay. You know, the, the, the catching and the relief pitching, those are, uh, those are kind of two positions that can be tough to accumulate, you know, big numbers in war. The other side of, of Ryan's game, the, the, the defensive side, um, what, what has gotten better? Because uh, you can look up in baseball savant, you can see improved arm throwing, you can sure. see the velocity is up. Is it that, or is, is it more to his game defensively? I think the easiest thing to see is the, the arm strength or the, the, the improvement of throwing to the bases. But I think just his overall um, uh, comfortability of the game calling, the blocking, the receiving – uh, using the pitch com, working with different pitchers. I think all those things are starting to come together uh, with more and more experience. I think uh, he does a really good job on the days he doesn't play, on preparing for the next day. And uh, I know Hank Conger and, and him spent a lot of time together. So uh, it's been fun watching him grow, mature, continue to develop. Max Kepler went deep as well last night. In fact, he became the the latest twin to hit the ball into the Delta Sky 360 suite. He joins a very impressive group of twins from Byung-Ho Park to Trevor Larnick to Jake Cave to Nelson Cruz. No visiting players ever done it, by the way, in target field history. It's only been uh, twins, so Max did that last night. Do you often think back to uh, the heart-to-heart that Max had, the sit-down he had with Rocco Baldelli, at Tropicana Field back in June when when Rocco pretty much challenged him. And now it seems like Kepler has listened to that, accepted that, and we're all seeing some better results. You know, he's been playing so well, you know, the the, the last couple months and uh, he's he, he's carried a, a heavy workload, you know, what he's doing defensively in right field and then what he's doing at the plate and uh, I, th- I think uh, I've seen pockets of it throughout. He's been able to do this on a fairly consistent basis, and that's what's been great to see. Talking with, you know, I think I told you yesterday, uh, you know, talking with Pop, um, you know, on the hitting side, he said Max has been so disciplined, uh, doing his routines every single day and challenging himself before the game, and it's just great to see him have the results and, and, and carry over into the games. And what's great about this, too, is if you look at Max's career, if you just go to baseball reference and you split his career first half, second half, the second half has not been kind to him. His numbers have gone down the second half. He's trying to change that script here in 2023. It is, and... And I think the the best thing that his teammates and what we love seeing is uh, obviously he's having success, but he's playing with a smile and he's having fun and, and, uh, you know, he's showing some emotion. He's gotten big hits and shown emotion. And so uh, seeing just him kind of express himself in his game right now has been, it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be hard to find when his career ends, whenever that does end, a better right fielder in target field history than Max Kepler. I mean, he has written the book on how to play right field. And for a guy in your situation that has been around outfielders for a long, long time, what separates Max? What what makes his skill set so unique and right? I just think his instincts, his jumps, it feels like he moves 
half step before the play happens. Um, he's constantly getting good breaks on balls and um, I still think about the play in Baltimore, the the, the diving, sliding, sliding like down the line, that's yeah. one of the best plays I've seen in right field, and I, I, I it's I still can't fathom how he got to that ball. So I think just the uh, his instincts and the way he sees it and the the first step, um, you know, I think he he's unbelievable out there. I will right, we'll take our first break on our Sunday show. When we come back, we'll get into today's twin starting pitcher in Dallas Keuchel. Also, want to bring back Chase to the trade deadline that took place this week and what was his role when all that was going on while the Twins were in St. Louis. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Our guest is Twins bench coach Jace Tingler and more of our Sunday show when we come back on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins and the Diamondbacks coming up about an hour from now. It'll be Dallas Keuchel today for the Twins and Zach Gallen. A tough righty opposing for Arizona. Keichel Jace will make his Twins debut today. Uh, what did you like about this day in particular to line up Dallas to make his debut in Game 3? Well, it kind of falls and uh, gives everybody, uh, besides Dallas, who gets a couple extra days rest, um, it, it keeps everybody else in line. And so you know, I think it's going to be good today. You know, He's going to come out, make his uh, debut, and um, hopefully, I'm guessing he's going to be attacking the zone, and when he's going right, he's going to be getting a lot of ground balls. So I think it's important we've got to play really good defense behind him, especially on the infield. Provide some background, too, on Dallas and from we when we last saw him in the big leagues. Uh, it seems like he went out to driveline yep. and tried to find a bit more uh, you know, with his arsenal, and with that came some improved velo. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, that, that's exactly right. You know, he had bounced around the last you know year or two and found his way up to drive line where you know he's wanting to learn more and um, and you know was able to to work up there, uh, able to take uh, that and, and test it out, test it out in St. Paul and pitched extremely well. You know, um, I think the below maybe up a mile or two from from what we've last seen. Um, you know, and, and, and mixes his, mixing his pitches. And, and like I said, I think, uh, you know, when he's going well, I think it's heavy, heavy uh, ground balls. And, and so uh, hopefully that's what we're seeing today. Have you had a chance to, to, to catch up with him uh, since the team was uh, got back in town, I guess, early Friday morning? Have you had a chance to, to speak with him? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he got in two days ago and, and made his rounds. And it was funny watching, uh, you know, him introduce himself and then go up to Carlos, you know, who, who, who they play yeah. together. It's, uh, you know, it was good. But uh, I think the last two days, I think he's he's gotten comfortable, uh, you know, in the clubhouse and meeting everyone. And uh, I'm sure, like uh, uh, like all of us, I'm, I'm sure he's anxious to get out there and get going. Are you a big uh, believer that with, with a starting rotation, having a lefty is pretty important? Or if you have five better guys and they're all right-handed, that that's the better play? Yeah, I I was probably a little bit old school. We needed a lefty, et cetera. I, I, I don't think there's, you know, much truth to it. I think the reality is you need, uh, you know, five guys. Yeah, no, the, the reality is you probably need, you know, seven or eight. Um, so, you know, left-handed, right-handed, I don't think it matters. I think, you know, what matters is the quality of, of uh, you know, starting pitching you have. As I said before, we, we took the break, and Twins bench coach Jace Tingler is with us today on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Bear. I want to go back to the trade deadline. Uh, on Tuesday, it was a pretty quiet day for the Twins in terms of transactions. What was your role 
in all that that went on that particular day, I'm not asking you in terms of, you know, in constant communication with, with Derek and Thad and Rocco, but more within the clubhouse and maybe keeping up to date with the players and just interacting with them throughout the day. Yeah, it was really, honestly, it was a quiet, it was a quiet day. I think you get down to the, the, the deadlines and, um, you know, all the players, they're human. They, they see the MLB trade rumors and things going around and, um, a lot of that stuff isn't true, but I think, you know, deep down, uh, they're anxious. They're a little bit nervous. Am I getting traded? Am I moving? Uh, if somebody comes in, what, what does that mean? Am I the guy to go? So I think like those are all real feelings. And so, uh, you try to, you know, keep everything as normal as you can. You bounce around, you connect with the guys and you go through your day. And so once the deadline, uh, uh, you know, hit the, hit the mark or, or passed, uh, I think everybody kind of relaxed, settled in, and and uh, you know realized like this is going to be our group, uh, you know, down the stretch. And I think it's a good thing. I think uh, you know we're going to look up, and it's almost the same group that we started with. We're going to be one of the few uh, teams in the playoff races that uh, start to finish have a chance to kind of uh, unite, build, and and be just a cohesive group because uh, we've been together for for you know probably longer than most groups. So you didn't sense any disappointment among the players that that no new pieces were added to better improve upon this first place team i didn't hear any you know complaining uh anything like that you know i think uh you know you're you're watching the tv and you know checking the internet and and uh you know so no i think uh i i didn't hear any of that all right lineup wise carlos correa went from the leadoff spot hit fourth last night is that going to continue here in the coming days I think uh, you know somewhere probably in the the, the middle heart of the order. I, I thought Carlos had a good night last night, and hopefully that's uh, uh, gets him uh, jump started a little bit. It was nice to see him. He just missed that first pitch, uh, um, it, the 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 first inning in, in his at bat, and then you know after that able to line a, a ball off the limestone to right field, which was great to see. So uh, hopefully you know using the the middle part of the field, the other part of the field driving the ball. Uh, that that's usually a good sign for him. How did you view looking back at the leadoff, if you want to call it experiment, with Carlos just trying to get a different look as we saw beginning with that series in Baltimore before the break? Yeah, I thought it honestly. I thought it was a good idea. Um, you know, Rocco did it, and then I thought we saw results pretty early on. And and one thing I thought I I, I saw was you know Carlos kind of shortened up a little bit with the swing and uh, was taking the ball the other way and and hitting some low line drives. And so uh, I thought I thought that was uh, you know good to see. And you know when Carlos is right, he sees the strike zone as good as anyone. His ability to take balls just right outside the zone and swing at the ones kind of in his hot zone. So uh, you know we know when Carlos is doing doing that uh, uh, he's in a really good place Joey Gallo is a guy you have known for a long long time going back to your time together in Texas how is he how is he handling you know this season after the the, the blistering start he got off to the first three weeks month of the season we haven't seen that same kind of impact how's he doing mentally yeah I think you know offensively obviously you know starting to stack up and, and bother him I think what's good is you you haven't seen it affect you know any of his base running and and, and the defense and so especially now with you know AK missing time uh, seeing uh, Joey step in do what he's done uh, defensively at first base been able to, to pick us up I think uh, I don't know it was a couple of weeks ago it felt like uh, he you know he, he may have won a game for us on the base pass by you know tagging on a 
uh, shallow, shallow fly ball. I think that was the the White Sox game. Mm -hmm. We don't have too many players that can do that. So, uh, you know, hopefully here we're going to get a run. We got Gallon today. Uh, we're going to have a run of a couple left-handed pitchers. So, you know, hopefully Joey can take the next, you know, day or two, kind of decompress, and then get back to work with Pop in the cage and, and kind of reset, um, you know, because we know when, when he gets hot, uh, like we saw at the beginning of the year, he, he he can really help a ball club. With with Kirilov out right now, defensively, will Gallo see more time at first base than he will in the in the in the corner outfield spots? Yeah, I th I, I, I I'm more comfortable saying like I we're we're gonna see him at first base. I think he's just with the size and the athleticism. You know, he's we felt from from day one he's been you know, if not our best uh, defensive first baseman, but, you know, certainly w one of the better ones. And, you know, after losing AK, and uh, that's a good thing about Joey, providing, you know, some some uh, versatility defensively. You've seen him run to both corners, center field, first base, and uh, so trying to bring some, some value defensively. Uh, you mentioned a run of opposing left-handed starting pitching is coming up for this team as they hit the road after the game today. How do you pick between which lefties – need to play because that's just what you have you know available to you that you don't have the luxury to sit all these lefties anymore right how do you pick and choose between you know walner today or, or kepler today sure. instead of both yeah sometimes it'll be um a defensive uh situation with who we have on the mound or this guy gonna throw more fly balls ground balls etc sometimes it's gonna be an offensive matchup with um you know rocco will kind of go with the hitting guys on whose bat path matches a certain pitch profile if the lefty's cutting it or if he's got a a riding carry fastball uh, they kind of sit and, and and weigh those couple things the other thing too is um you know ju just trying to make sure our guys are uh, not getting more down as well so somebody may need a day if it's max etc uh, so i guess uh, the answer to that is a little bit of a combination of, of quite a few things does the hot hand ever win out? That Absolutely. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe historically this guy doesn't match up, but you know what? This particular player, he's he's hit the ball hard three straight days, and, and I'm going with my gut here, and I'm going to play him. I've seen it happen several times this year where you know, Rocco usually works the the uh, lineup anywhere from a day or two you know, ahead and, and has it lined up and certainly gets with the trainers, talks about who needs rest, days off, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I've seen it, you know, somebody comes in after a, a hot stretch to your point and he goes like, no, like we have, how can we not play him tomorrow? And so I've, I've definitely seen him make adjustments and make changes uh, and getting off his original plan because somebody's hot or carrying us, et cetera. All right, we'll take our last break, come back and wrap up our Sunday show with bench coach Jace Tingler. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer in our final segment when we come back on your home for Twins baseball. It's our final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Back with Twins bench coach Jace Tingler, about two minutes left for our Sunday show. Zach Gallen today for the Diamondbacks. I think the last time the Twins faced him, he was a Marlin. And then he was traded to Arizona for Jazz Chisholm a long time ago. But this guy is climbing up the rankings among the best pitchers in the game right now. He's unbelievable. And uh, I first got introduced to him in 2020 and then saw him in 21 and, you know, dominant year in, in, in 22 and, you know, striking out the world this year. He's he's a real deal. I don't think, um, you know, I think now nationally I think everybody knows. But uh, he's certainly one of the top three or five pitchers in the game and, um, he's impressive. How do you get to him today? 
Oh, you need somebody to uh, get on base, and you need another guy behind him to uh, <laughs> a- absolutely clobber one somehow. Um, he's really good. He can do different things with the baseballs. You, you you have to make him work. You don't want to give him any any free outs, and you can't take huge, massive hacks off of him. His ball moves too late. It cuts. It sinks. It drops. You have to you, you have to stay on him, and you know you almost hope to to foul some pitches off and get the pitch count out and. Uh, you know, get him out of there. I couldn't help but notice watching, you know, on-field work the last couple of days. Royce Lewis, he seems to be ramping up all of his baseball activity. Is he far away, you think, from maybe either A, going out, or or is he at least on your radar to possibly come back and impact this big league club? Yeah, I think we we feel he's really close to getting out and obviously missing uh, five and a half, six weeks. Uh, He's going to need some rehab time just to get the rhythm and timing back, but uh, the trainers and Royce feel, you know, the the oblique's been tested. Uh, it feels good. Uh, like you said, you saw him running the bases yesterday, getting ground balls at third, making throws to second, making throws to first. And uh, Royce has a ton of energy. And, you know, it's almost like they're trying to lock him in a cage and he's trying to get out right now. He's ready to go. But, uh, you know, on the training side, they want to make sure that, that all the boxes are checked and make sure we don't skip a step. So uh, I think the expectation is he, he's going to be in St. Paul here in the next day or two. Final thought on that. When Royce does come back, what will that mean for Jorge Polanco where he slots in defensively? I don't know yet. You know, I feel, um, you know, Polo's been able to play third, been able to play second. Um, you know, we've seen him DH, and so we may have a, a, a little bit of a, a, a rotation going. I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, that's something we haven't, you know, discussed. I think that's that'll happen more, hey, uh, Royce is playing, playing well. You know, he's ready to come back in the next couple of days, and that's when we'll probably, you know, start to have those conversations, and then we'll be talking about matchups, uh, you know, et cetera. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having me, Corey. That's Twins bench coach Jay Tingler's Sunday show, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Stay tuned. Mark Janowski's pregame is next on your home for Twins baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.